This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. I think it's important for us to be introduced to people who look like us, who are doing things that they don't talk about. We don't see it. There should be a whole show devoted to this gentleman. It should be in his fourth season. We should be following him as he rebuilds cars. He's a tech genius. He rebuilds Teslas right now, but I'm sure he does everything else. Let me welcome to the show for the first time, Mr. Rich Benoit. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate all your kind words. Uh, some of them aren't true necessarily, but I appreciate it regardless. No, let's, let's be factual. Okay. Um, <laughs> when I was watching what you, you, you go around and you, um, do you get Tesla parts from like salvage yards? T- tell us your yeah, process. From, yeah. From salvage cars or, uh, salvage yards, like you name it on the internet, all kinds of random places. Yes. So what, what started this journey for you? Uh, basically to be frank, my, it's my, uh, my cheapness, my frugality <laughs> because, um, because I honestly, uh, a, a few years ago when my friend that worked at Tesla came to my house and said, you got to try one of these cars. They're great. And I drove one for the first time and I loved it. And I said, I got to have one. How much is it? And he's like, it's going to cost over a hundred. And I was like, Hey, 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 why don't we chill on that for a second? And, um, you know, over time, I realized, you know, I have to get into one of these cars at a lower price point. So I ended up actually just uh, repairing two cars. And I took two cars that were broken, smashed them together, and I have a working car. Ha! Okay. And I know they don't like this. So tell us, why did you know that you could do this, Rich Benoit? Why did you know that you could take two broke-down Teslas, smash them together, and create a car that is functioning? Well, that's the thing. I didn't know that at first. So when I when I got the car, it was actually in a flood, and it was it was cheap. You know, it was well, I say cheap. It was let's just say fourteen thousand dollars, which for a Tesla is a great deal, because you know how much they normally go for. And you know, after a while of taking things apart, uh, I said to myself, "Let me call Tesla and get some parts for them." And when I called Tesla, this was like three or four years ago, they said, "We don't sell parts." to people like you because we don't want people fixing our cars because the only people that can fix the cars are us. So you need to buy a new one. And they pretty much hung up the phone and, and they transferred me to their, their, um, their sales department to buy a new car. And I said, I can't do this. I have to figure something out. So I ended up buying another car and I took all the parts from that one, stuffed it into mine. After about maybe six months or so, I got it running again. Now, from the tech standpoint, and mm-hmm. again, you know, people try to make things mysterious because they don't yeah. want you to do it. But there's Absolutely. nothing new under the sun. So why, from a tech standpoint, what did you know that you could take this technology, which they said no one can do it but us, right. and make, it, make a functioning Tesla? Well, all I did was I kind of thought about things logically, and I knew that the car that was underwater, right? I knew the body was perfect, right? I knew the car that was in, in a front-end collision. I knew the only thing preventing that car from moving was the hit on the front end and the suspension work. So I thought to myself, I don't know how to do body work. And if I did my own body work, it would look terrible. And if I sent it to someone else, then it would raise my pricing. Meaning if I wanted to get into this car at a low price point, 
I knew outsourcing things that I could do myself would add to the price. So what I did was, knowing these things, knowing I had a good body and a good shell, and I knew that I had a wrecked car that had good electronics, I slowly started transferring all the electronics to the car that had the good body, and I got it working again. No, no science, no magic work. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty straightforward. And a lot of that I document on my, uh, on my channel as well. So the people right. need to know. The people right. must know. Right. So check out his YouTube channel on YouTube, Rich Thank Benoit. You. Yeah, mm-hmm. Richie B. Kid on on the on the Instagram. Uh, on the gram, thank you. On the thank gram, you. yes, sir. Richie B. Kid, K I D D, um, like Jason. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> when you when, tell me about little Richie, little when you were young, where'd you grow up? Man, I grew up in uh, in Boston, and I grew up in yikes. a place called. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I said yikes. Yeah, Boston, <laughs> Boston, and um, in in a place called Mattapan, it was. I grew up there, and it was it was great. It was it was a very interesting growing up in a in a large city, and being an inner city latchkey kid, uh, I was home by myself a lot, and because I was home so often, my parents were always working. It gave me a lot of time to be naturally curious about how to do things. So you know, me taking things apart around the house because I had all the time in the world. After I finished my homework, my parents were home. I was like, oh, what's this? What's that? I got to do this. I got to do that. And I slowly started kind of feeding my brain by taking things apart. And that kind of led and fostered my interest into cars eventually. And eventually I got into cars, started taking those apart. And I guess now here I am. First car that you took apart? What kind of car? Ooh, very, very good question. I had a Dodge Neon, actually, way back when. And it was my first real car. It was dirt cheap. I paid only a couple thousand dollars for it. And... I uh, I thought to myself, you know what, I could try this. It's a cheap car. Maybe I could try changing the head unit. And the first thing I did in the car was change the stereo. So I went <laughs> online and I bought some guides and I pulled out the stereo, put in a new stereo, and I was so proud of myself. And then from then, I just kept leveling up and up and up and up. And I tried the next thing and the next thing, and things just didn't break. So I'm like, all right, let me keep going. And then, you know, I reached here I am today. Have you had ever had disaster, something that you couldn't fix, Rich? Oh, man, you know what? That's a very good question. There, I wouldn't say things that I couldn't fix, but I would say things that I put on hold for a very long time. <laughs> you know to come I mean? back think, until you figured it out? And, and then I, it, it's good for me to have multiple projects at once because if I'm focusing on a project and I put all my energy into it and I said to myself, you know what? I got to take a break from this. It's good to pause, go into something else. And as you're working on something else, it might foster your, your interest in the prior project. And you might come back with new ideas on how to tackle things. I actually, I actually do that with writing. And so as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that there are people out there who have children or people themselves who um, get stuck because they put too much on their plate. You know, I just had this conversation with Dr. Carr a couple of weeks ago and I was like, you can't give people too much if they're not ready for it because you can make them sick mm-hmm. or they'll be, right. you know, they'll be in pain mentally and then they won't want to come back, you know? So you got to right. do the breadcrumbs. You have to lay things out. And as a person, as I'm listening to you, as a young person, you had to, le- as you said, level up. You didn't just jump in and do a Trans Am. You put a radio in and then the yeah. radio led to something else. Before you can get to the transmission, there's a process mm-hmm. 
And right. if you do too much too soon or you level up too fast, you can feel like you're a failure and then you won't want to go back. And we do that with that's dieting. Right. You know, if you, if you don't lose 10 pounds in the first week, that's illogical. It's not going to no. happen. You got you to gotta no. get the soil right so that you can open and, and do better each and every time. And I think that that right. is a great blueprint. Did you go to school? Uh, did you end up going to school to learn technically you how to what? do these things? I uh, So I went to school for computer science, actually, and my father and I, we had a big falling out because I didn't want to go to school for computer science. I wanted to go to school to work on cars. Of course. And of course I did. It's more fun. But in my family, my, my father broke it down for me and said, listen, if you want to make money and, you know, and have a house and feed yourself, uh, you have to do this. You know, cars doesn't pay. You know, well, uh, I'm sure some mechanics might say, Rich well, yeah, Benoit, I, I make a good I'm just you know what, Benoit, I'm excuse what me. Said. Right. I, I'm, I'm relaying what he said, and he told me that. He said, it's not going to pay. you got to do what makes sense. Like, you know, you got to be – because he was an engineer, and he wanted to pass that down to me, but that just wasn't who I am. I love Bomba socks. They make the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They literally have rethought every detail of sock making to make them more comfortable. But that's not why I wear them every day. I wear Bombas because of their mission as a company. These socks do more than just keep your feet cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable people in our community. Because for every pair of socks you buy, Bombas will donate to someone in need. The generosity of the people like me who purchase uh, the Bombas socks, we have allowed them to donate more than 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 giving partners. That impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes. It's a small comfort that's especially important right now. So when you give a pair, you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase. So I'm suggesting you get more than one pair because that's what I did. I bought one pair to see if the 20% worked. Then I went back to get more and it didn't work anymore because it's the first purchase. So I wish I had purchased 10 pairs. So that's what I'm calling you to do because you're going to need socks for the rest of the year. Go to Bombas. They're bomb-ass socks. Leave off the last S for savings. B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Karen for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash Karen, 20% off. And he couldn't understand my appeal and my love for cars. So he just said, nope, this is what you go to school for, and this is what I'm paying for. So if you're not doing that, then, you know, you're not doing anything. And, you know, it was kind of tough, but it, it came to the point where I worked in my career for, I would say, about seven or eight years or so. So I worked in, in computers for seven eight, or eight years, and this, when I rebuilt my Tesla, about a year after that, I said to myself, this is what I want to do. Mm. This, is, this is extremely what I want to do. I went full steam in one direction. Uh, I started my YouTube channel, which rebuilds. And after that, uh, I opened up my own garage. So I have a garage that now services and repairs electric vehicles, primarily Tesla. So, I mean, have things you... just kind of blew up. And, and now it's, it's kind of come full circle where, you know, I went back to my dad and I said, hey, dad, listen, you know, thank you for encouraging me to follow one thing, but just because you don't follow your dream initially doesn't mean what you're doing now can't be used as a stepping stone to something else that you really want to do. You know, a lot of people don't realize you have to go through a lot of dirt 
and like sift through the ground to get to those diamonds and that gold. You know what I mean? It's not just sitting okay, on boom, top. You right. run into it, right? Because honestly, because quite frankly, I could have been a mechanic, which would have been my my dream, and I could have maybe got burnt out and said maybe this isn't what I want to do. But now that I've taken some time away, really processed it and thought about it, did something else. And as I'm doing that other thing, I thought to myself, you know what? This is what I really want to do. And since I've been doing it for the last few years, I mean, I can't envision myself doing anything else. Nothing at rich, all. Rich rebuilds. Rich Richard Benoit yeah. is here. Um, and, and as you were talking about sifting through the dirt, I think we live in a society where folks, everything's instant. Everybody mm-hmm. insta fame. Your food is microwave. You want everything yeah. quick. Kids that are going to college, they want a career, they want to make money, everything, Mm -hmm. quick, 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 quick. And unfortunately, we also bestow upon people success and fame before they've earned the right. I remember talking with Sterling K. Brown about going to school, like he went to school to become an actor and he has his MFA and he struggled for like, when I say struggled, like wasn't famous for like 15 years. Then by the time he goes on This Is Us, boom, he's a household name pretty much. But he's settled in his spirit and and he's formed as a person and he can take all of this that is coming now. And it's different. It's different. And I and I think a lot of us think that, you know, if I can just get there, but there's no replacement for time and there's no replacement for that experience and that wisdom and you getting that computer science degree now makes you badass with this Tesla, with rebuilding cars. Who knew that this was going to be the wave of the future? Right. Really, really, right? No, no, I didn't. didn't, At the time, I did not know. And had you not gotten the computer science uh, training, you would not be able to rebuild Teslas the way you are. You know what? That's that's interesting. And I don't know. You bring up many good points. You don't really know what your path is until you start on a path. Mm. Because, I mean, I wouldn't. If I didn't do computer science first, it's funny how the, how the world works. If I didn't do computer science first, there's a strong likelihood I probably wouldn't have gotten the Tesla. If I started off years ago as a mechanic, there were no electric vehicles out then. That's right. There were none. So I would have been in that mindset where it's like, hey, I work on cars that are powered by gasoline. I work on exhaust. I work on muffler over transmissions. And I may have never been, you know, at, at the beginning of the Tesla forefront. So it's funny how the world works where, you know, if you're meant, if you're truly meant to do something, if it is your, I guess you could say destiny in a sense, it will happen. Mm. It's going to happen at some point. And then to your point, you're very correct. You say things don't happen as fast as people want, because in this day and age, it's instant gratification. As you were just saying, people want their cell phones. They want to be able to type in their cell phone and get food instantly. They want to go on on whatever, on Amazon or Walmart. They want their packages in two days. They want everything quickly, and it's instant gratification. It's a very rare time where people want to sit down and put in that work and reap the benefits 5, 10, or 15 years later. Facts. So tell me, what's so special about a Tesla? We're talking with Rich Benoit. If you're a car mm-hmm. enthusiast, uh, I love cars. I've had probably about 15 cars in my lifetime. I love cars. Yeah, I I, I don't know how to. What's your favorite? What's your favorite car? The one I'm driving right now. Oh, you (laughs) can't share that private. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a it's a convertible. I love convertibles. So it's uh okay. yeah, okay. it's a fast, great, powerful engine convertible. It's a it's a it's a okay. Range Rover convertible. Since I I just oh. put it out there. Oh, uh, those very nice, very nice. Yeah, I like those yeah. a lot. Those yeah, nice. uh, and and it's fun. It's a fun car. I like fun cars, right? So you know, right. and I've had just about everything except for a Ferrari and a Lamborghini because I don't know how to drive those. I even went and got stick shift <laughs> lessons. Because I didn't yeah. know how to drive a stick shift, or you know, just so that I would not be limited by the car choices. What's your your favorite car? What's so special about the Tesla? Man, I'll I'll tell you. So when I was driving, so I, I had a few cars too. I I have a, a Corvette. Uh, I have a military Hummer. You know those old school Hummers. Yes, with the, the one wheel? that that Arnold Schwarzenegger had. Remember, he had the big Bingo. yellow one back in the day. Was it a, had, no? It yeah. wasn't yellow. Yeah, it was a military one. Right, right. The old military ones. I had one of. The, I have one of those, and uh, I have a Tesla. I have two Teslas, and uh, a BMW i8. It's the okay. car that has the doors that go up like a bird. Yes. And um and and I have a couple other cars as well. But the reason why I like the Teslas is because it's instant power. I mean, if you if you like fast cars. It, it, this will completely change your mind as to what a fast car is. It, okay. I mean, it, All it right. Wait, wait. I had an old Saab, Saab convertible, one of those airplane engines back in the day. Right. Back in the early right. 90s when they were, before they changed the body type. That thing took off like, like, like an airplane. You're telling me a Tesla has that much power? It has a lot, a lot of power. It has, I mean... It's funny because I went to I went to do some some testing of of the cars zero to sixty, and the the Tesla that they make today will do zero to sixty. Just just think about this for a second. In two point three seconds, two point three seconds is quicker than you could say two point three seconds, and you're at sixty. <laughs> So, for example, I mean, it's it's quicker than any Lamborghini made today. It's quicker than any Ferrari made today. If you talk about all-out power, there, there, it's it's very crazy. So I now it has I, the I torque. Everyone, Rich, does it have the the torque? The torque does it have the mu- you know because it's not just about putting your foot on the gas and the thing taking off. It's about something about that weight when you yes. and it kicks in. It has that. It it holds you. I I encourage everyone to try one. Try try the one of the quicker ones that they make. And when you step on it, you could actually, it's, it's a feeling I never felt before. It's you can, when you step on the accelerator pedal, you could feel the blood rushing from the front of your face to the back of your head. It is, it's, it's lightning fast, lightning fast. Now, is that for every model? Because I was looking at the thing that looks like a, a Tonka toy, that tank that they. The Cybertruck. Yeah. The Cybertruck. Yes. Yeah. Have, have they, you tried one of those? One, that one, well, th- those aren't, those are going to be out, I think, in a couple more years, but. Those are also quick as well. Zero to sixty, about three seconds and under. I mean, you got If you're a car person, you may not like electric cars because they don't they don't make any noise and they're kind of boring. But at least try one. Just drive one okay. once, and you'll say, "Okay, I get it. I get now, it now." Just now, what it. about mileage? Um, because the because I was looking into an electric car recently because I want to be a great environmentalist. <laughs> want to be right. I want to be responsible, right. and so I was doing research. Um, because I, I drive, like if I want to drive to see my mom or whatever, you know, I need to be able to plug in. Like right. how, how far can you go on, how many miles so can you go on one charge? 
Yeah, it all depends which model you get, but I think the minimum now is about 300 miles. The minimum is 300, and I think their maximum as of today is a little over 400. So there's different models that that range in in, in each one. Now, are there things you could do to jerry-rig it to to do more, Rich? Because I think you got (laughs) tricks, Rich Benoit. Yeah, you could. I mean, you could install a bigger battery, and you could drive in a certain way that you maximize your mileage. But um, it's funny. One of the other interesting parts of the cars, too, is that they drive themselves. So the fact that they drive themselves is it's it's scary, but it's fascinating. Like there's a lot of people that that you know I, I give in rides to, and they come in the car. We're going on a long trip to New York. I push a button, and the car says, "Okay, I'm going to take over now." And you take your hands and feet off the the you take your hands off the wheel, your feet off the accelerator pedal, and it'll do everything for you. It'll change lanes. It'll know when the car in front of you has stopped. It looks at stop signs. It, it, it detects traffic lights. What? It detects pedestrians. It knows, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And one of the better party tricks is the, the, the summon. So, for example, if I'm at the mall and it's raining, I push my button on the car. It will back out of the space, and it will find me wherever I am. Yeah. Get out of I'm, here. That's a, see, you're like, you don't no. believe me, but. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, 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 so that's why they're so, that's why I mean, it's, in terms of futurism being futuristic, it's, it's next level. It's legendary what they can do. Now, what does that mean for folk who are drivers? How, mm-hmm. I, you know, we've been talking about autonomous cars for the last couple of years here on this show. And, you know, we have a lot of truck drivers who I absolutely love. They're the backbone of this channel. Um, absolutely. Probably of Sirius XM. What does it mean for the future, and then how should they pivot? Because I remember watching, um, or watching the um, Hidden Figures movie, and they were about to replace all of the black people with these IBM computers. So the black woman yeah, went to yeah, the library, yeah. took a book out, didn't, you know, and, and read about it, and then trained everybody about how to manage it. Is this something we should be into, learning how to fix and program and work on these cars is this going to be really huge or is this pie in the sky this is, this, this, this is going to be big because there's going to be a shift from standard auto mechanics to mechanics that also have a computer background as well and we're seeing that in the shop because i i own and run a shop that repairs and services electric vehicles primarily teslas and the amount of volume that we get in of these cars that are on the road it's definitely going to be a desirable skill. Learning how to work on electric vehicles, cars that aren't powered by gas, is going to be a big thing. Don't get me wrong. Gas cars aren't going away anytime soon. But this is emerging technology that we all need to be aware and conscious of. And what kind of salary can a person get as a mechanic with uh, computer skills? I mean, uh, it's, you could work for a lot of uh, companies that have emerging EV departments and EV tech, like, you know, GM, Ford, a lot of the bigger names. I mean, you can make a salary starting at, starting at, I would say, 70, 80, and it goes the sky's limit from there. I mean, okay. that's your start point. Right, And right. then from there, just, a lot of the times if you're a mechanic, you could start off as, you know, changing oil, and you could start off at 40. But for skilled labor like this, you're minimum 70, 80,000 for a larger owner manufacturer that needs you to have the knowledge on both. Uh, worst car you've ever, <laughs> you've ever worked on, like just trash. Oh man. I think 
That's a very good question. That's I don't all know. I do here, Rich Benoit. <laughs> if, if I don't know if I've worked on cars that were necessarily trash, uh, because I like to own cars a little, a little bit on the nicer side, um, I would say there are cars that are extremely difficult to work on, and the Corvette is one of the hardest cars to work on for me because if you look at the front of a Corvette, its fenders are very, very wide. So before you can reach your hand and get into the engine bay, there's at least a foot and a half mm. of fender. So you have to lean over and reach into the car. That's very, very – that is something that's legendary in terms of being a pain. Okay, sure. but, but as, as, as a consumer, those of us mm-hmm. who are drivers of cars, mm-hmm. we're spending money. Which is the most overrated luxury car that's out there right now? Oh, overrated. Oh, yeah, I don't you know, it's it. gotten all of this, you know, hype. And then it's because te- I, I would have put Tesla in that category. But you set me straight would, on that. Well, you know what? No, I think. Um, overrated, man. I don't want to say Mercedes. All Mercedes, all Mercedes, because I love a G-Wagon. No, not, 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 well, no, I, I think G-Wagons are overrated. Here's why. Okay. Be, because if you look at the price of a G-Wagon compared to what you actually get, you're not really not getting what, Yeah, much. you're right. You're right. You're right. You but know, it's something I mean, about I, driving I, I, a tank. I don't know. I don't know. Something about driving a freaking tank. I know. I, in terms of, like, what you buy versus what you actually get, those are kind of, for a G-Wagon, it's not. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't mind rocking a G-Wagon. I'd rock it all day, every but day. But you, you're not paying 100 plus thousand dollars for it. I don't want to pay yeah. for a G-Wagon. Right, so you're you know going to rebuild I mean? your G-Wagon for $20,000. and Thank get, you very much. Yes. See, now you're and getting, let me tell you, G- I'm the same way. I got my G-Wagon for, like, $40,000 right. back in the day, used, mm-hmm. and nobody knew. I'm driving it. Nobody knew that I didn't pay $100,000 for it because it's a G-Wagon because they've been the same uh, since know, Hitler, unfortunately. You know, what, you, know what's, you know what's truly overrated? Paying what these manufacturers want for a car. If you, if you think for one second I am walking into a Mercedes dealership and dropping $120,000 on a G-Wagon, you have something coming. Because guess what? As you know, as a former G-Wagon owner, those have not changed a single bit in the last 20 years. Longer than that. It's been, it's been yeah. longer than that. I mean, yeah, but they actually did change the new they, – they have a new uh, body now. Uh, but so so before, before I let you go, Rich Benoit, first of all, people can follow you on YouTube, of course, uh, Rich Rebuilds. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they can get yep. you at Richie B. Kid on, on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as, as folks are out there, how do we save money? You know, how, what's the, the best way, in your opinion, to, to buy a nice car and not spend a lot of money? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, there's different ways you can do it. My personally favorite way, which may not be everyone's way, is to buy, don't be scared to buy a car that works well mechanically but needs a little bit of TLC on the outside. Maybe some of the wheels are scratched. Maybe there's a ding or a dent here. Because what you save initially, you can put into the car later on. Like, hey, listen, the car runs fine, but the door is a little tweaked. Later on, when you get some money, you could fix that door later or have it painted. You know what I mean? And my other biggest thing is always go used. Oh, yes. I never. I've only give me, give me a fist bump for that. 
pre-owned is your pre-owned is your is your jam. I I agree with you. Don't yeah. pay retail. Retail's for suckers. Never. I agree never. with that. Never. I've only purchased one new car, and I'll never do it again. Never. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. No, it just it. really not isn't. Worth it. All right, let's let's get let's Agreed. continue to have this conversation off mic as well, uh, Rich. I love I love your mind. I love what you're you're Thank doing you. out there, and um and I'm I love that that Tesla's mad. I love it. Let them stay mad. Keep rebuilding. <laughs> uh, where can people go if Thank they're you. in your area? Where are you um Where are you stationed to to fix cars? We're actually we're actually located in uh, Seabrook, New Hampshire. So Seabrook, oh, uh, so I run a shop out there called Electrified Garage. And uh, there are two former Tesla employees that work there. So they run the shop. Okay. And you own it. Electrified yeah. garage rep- yep. Garage in Seabrook, New Hampshire. And you can, of course, check That's them right. out on the, on the YouTubes at Rich mm-hmm. Rebuilds. Thanks for being here today. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes. Rich Benoit. Thank you. Thank you.